Welcome to Wine for Normal People, the podcast for people who like wine, but not the snobbery that goes with it. I'm your host, Elizabeth Schneider, author of the Wine for Normal People book and certified wine dork. And I'm MC Ice, just a wine-loving normal person. This podcast is sponsored by Wine Access. Go to wineaccess.com slash normal and join my new wine club. Spaces are limited. They're already going really fast. So check out the wines that I've hand-selected, wineaccess.com slash normal. Listen in the middle of the show for more details. So lately I've been going through our last 12 years of podcasts, oh my gosh. just looking at some of the topics that we've covered mm-hmm. to see... If there's any holes, obviously there's things we have to update. Right. But one of the things I realized is that although I have done so many conversations on Sonoma, one thing that is missing is an overview of Sonoma County Hmm. and all of its regions. That's a great idea. Although it's a lot of information, I've tried to distill it. That's a great idea. So how many episodes is is this going to be? At least 700. Of course. Uh, Actually, there's 18 American viticultural areas. So there'll be... One per area? Right, right. Okay. No, there won't be because we're going to hit it all. But I think what's interesting is that some of these are very small and are sometimes a little controversial. Like, should they have been an AVA? Are they mm. unique enough to be an AVA? Most of the Sonoma ones are pretty straight up, but sometimes you get a couple. And the other problem is some of them are so huge that they don't make sense either. Wait a minute. Don't we need to call our buddy Jim Morris, the Sonoma wine guy for this? I have already been in touch with him on this. Yeah? He and I have already presented this at Nall Winery right? in Dry Creek Valley. Yeah. After the underground wine event a few years ago, Jim and I did a whole presentation on Sonoma County together. And yes, we would, except the Jim is working in Napa right now. So I feel like, you know, we can't oh, really rely on him. Yeah, I know he's, he's kind of out of touch. Then. I know yeah. he's listening right now. Yeah, yeah. You, you just say whatever you want about the drive through to him. Go ahead. Talk about it. Talk about in Look, and out. Every time in and out. Anytime I stop at a McDonald's, I'm thinking of you, Jim. You guys have a bromance. It's ridiculous. Anyway, Jim is a very good friend of ours. So, yes, he is the Sonoma wine guy. But I felt like we needed something real quick and dirty on Sonoma and you and I are good at just Just hammering through it. Yeah. Knocking it out. So that's what we're going to do before we do that. Two quick things. I mentioned it in the intro, wine access, wine for normal people, wine club. We are doing it. That's amazing. About time. Jeez. You know, I'm not usually a big fan of wine clubs. I know. Let's face it. I know. I am a big fan of wine access as wine club. Yes. They won Wirecutter's best wine club. And I actually was interviewed for that and mentioned that I thought that they were the best wine club out there. Not just because... This was before the sponsorship. No, this was during the first time they sponsored. Oh, right. But I still thought they were really great. And I didn't have a wine club or anything with them. I just thought that they really do a great job of selecting stuff. And they came to me this time and said, do you want to do something where you pick out the wines? We can go source other wines. Mm -hmm. Yes. The answer was yes. So many delicious wines. Anyway, I hope you'll join. And I'm very excited. So let's do patron shout outs. We can't do them all this week again, because we're so far behind. I've got to start doing them when I have guests, because otherwise we're just going to get too far behind. I think you just need episodes with only shout-outs. Only shout-outs, right? <laughs> shout-outs all the time. Okay. Jennifer T., Lori I., Matt H., Rachel S., Ruben H., Maddie S., Julie H., Dylan W., 
Jean-Louis C. Oh, Jean-Louis is our friend. He's been on the podcast before. Nice. I'm glad to see that he joined. Ian C., James M., another James M., Isabel C., LV, Catherine L., Kate S., Larry Edward P., Rachel G., James R., Sharice S., Steve P., Anna B., Ernest I., Adriel A., Rachel S., Sue M., Paula H., Meyer G., Tom M., Joseph C., and Megan H., and we will get to the rest the next time. I'm so sorry that we can't get to everybody. But thank you to all the new members. We couldn't do it without you. Yes, and if you want to join, patreon.com slash wine for normal people. Such an awesome community. I I do have to give a special shout out also, not just to all these friends in the industry are joining now. It's amazing. I think April is part of the community. Brian Callahan from Crux is a patron. He's coming to Raleigh. We'll be doing a fun event. We've got Tom Wark, who just joined also, and Jean-Louis. So really nice. It's awesome to have these people. And when you see them on the page, patrons, make sure you say hi. They know they know you know them. Yeah, they'll be <laughs> they'll be true assets to the community. They really are. I love Tom. Tom's always always really good for conversation. Jim, they pop into the some of the events. We're doing a fun Valentine's Day thing. My first cooking demo. Oh no! You're gonna be there for it. I told you you're gonna have to do some of Is these things. Is it cooking or baking? It's baking. Okay. Yeah, I don't cook. I mean, you well, know, no, I cook. No, you do. I do. But you prefer to bake. It really fits me better. You know the precision. The full-on research, knowing what's going on. Are you going to get the kids to prepare all the bowls of ingredients so that it's all laid out ahead of time like the cooking shows? No, I will do that. They will not do that because if they do that, first of all, half the chocolate will be missing and then all the wine will be missing because I'll drink after. You know, it's not not good. But anyway, (laughs) the community is fun. We do lots of fun live events. That's the upshot of it. And I hope that you'll think about joining. Now let's get to Sonoma. Sonoma County is enormous. And people don't travel to Sonoma like they do Napa because the thing is Napa is this very confined valley and it's kind of easy to figure out. Yeah, it's like twenty five miles, twenty six miles from end to end. It's four or five miles. Was it Highway twenty seven or is is that right? It's Highway twenty nine and the Silverado Trail. So there's really only two roads. And then Sonoma is all of these different constituent parts. It covers a million acres of land or 405,000 hectares. Only 60,000 acres or 24,000 hectares are planted to vineyards. I love driving through Sonoma, though. All the tree-lined streams that the roads meander through. It's It's, really fun. There's so many different parts, too. And the other thing to know about Sonoma County is that more than 85% of the vineyards are family owned and operated, Nice, which is why it was a huge source for us for the underground wine events when Mm, we were doing that, that because unlike Napa, which has really gotten gobbled up by investment groups Mm -hmm. and things like that, Sonoma still has so much family ownership. The estimate is that 80% of the vineyards are less than 100 acres or 40 hectares. And 40% are less than 20 acres or 8 hectares. These are really small. As I mentioned, 18 unique American viticultural areas. Some are more prominent than others. The number of AVAs can make it confusing. AVA is American Viticultural Area. I'm going to be using that abbreviation. So just remember that it's basically, unfortunately, we don't have in the United States anything more granular than an AVA. So everything is pretty much equal. But So it's like a wine zip code almost. You know, that's a really good way of putting it. It is a wine zip code. Unfortunately, they've just changed this rule in Sonoma recently. 
it used to be that the zip codes could nest inside other zip codes, right. which means you could have two zip codes. Yes. You could either use the smaller one or the bigger one. Uh-huh. But now that's changed. You're not allowed to do yeah, that anymore. Yeah, that's a little confusing. There's coastal ranges, there's valleys, mountains, flats, benchlands, soils, micro so much. Hard to get your fingers on, lots of different styles. You have to go by valley. If I could come up with a European region mm-hmm. that you should draw a that it's parallel to. to, and I want to be clear, it has nothing to do with climate, grapes, or anything like that, mm-hmm. but in terms of kind of the confusing nature of it or what the joining factors, it's kind of like the Loire Valley uh, in the sense that the Loire has a lot of areas. They grow different things. Mm-hmm. They're known for different things, and they have one adjoining thing, which is Loire, right? The Loire River. But Sonoma has, uh, the Russian River does really travel through a lot of it, but it also is hugging the Pacific coastline, going north to south. Like up to Mendocino. And also between the Mayacama Mountains Mm -hmm. or Mayacamas, you might hear both. That's the corridor in which it lies. It's important to compartmentalize. So that's what I'm going to try to do in the show. In general, you're going to hear me talk about climate and the microclimates, but let's be clear. It is sunny. There's almost no rain from May through September. These days, there's almost no rain, period. Or actually, lately, there's too much rain. It depends, but they definitely need to irrigate. The summer average highs go from the low 70s to the low 90s Fahrenheit. So that's the low 20s to the low 30s Celsius. Mm -hmm. Warmer inland regions, the farther you get from the Pacific, you're going to get hot days. And you will still have cool evening temperatures that are in the 40s and low 50s, so 4 to 10 degrees Celsius. That's going to. Well, it depends on where you are. So the Pacific Ocean has a cooling maritime influence. Remember that the Pacific Ocean is next to Sonoma, not to Napa. Mm -hmm. Napa gets a lot less of this marine influence than Sonoma does. So it is cooler in general in most parts of Sonoma. The cool air is coming through. The Petaluma Gap, right, right. the Petaluma Wind Gap, which we'll talk about. The Russian River also helps with airflow if you happen to be along that. And then the coolness source for Napa really is the San Pablo Bay, and that also functions for Sonoma. The San Pablo Bay is south, and it is between San Francisco and Sonoma and Napa, and it lays at the southern end, and you get a lot of cold air from that because the water is quite cold. A lot of the western and southern regions of Sonoma County are going to be good for cool weather grapes like Pinot Noir and Chardonnay and Syrah. The land is so diverse, though, because you go from sea level to 2,600 feet or 793 meters. The grapes are going to ripen at all different times. You have to match grape to site. There are 11 major formation types, 31 different soil series, lots of mixes. And you will hear, if you go to Sonoma County, all about their sustainable program. And 99% of the vineyard acreage in Sonoma County has been certified sustainable. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. That program is quite soft because if it turns out that mega corporations, yes, if mega corporations can make that grade, you got Gallo, you got Kendall Jackson, you got Constellation, you got Treasury. If they can all make that in that 99%, mm-hmm. we got problems. I do commend them for the effort, but whatever. Anyway, 
need to go into detail on the valley. So our agenda is to go in from the south, and then we're going to work our way north and kind of go a little bit back down south again. We'll start in Sonoma Valley. Now, Sonoma Valley is not the same thing as Napa Valley. Napa Valley is the entire region of Napa. And what you will see in Sonoma is that if it's from a number of different valleys of the bigger valleys, it will say Sonoma County. Sonoma Valley is a delimited area of 14,000 acres or 4,267 hectares. It centers on the Sonoma Valley in the southeasternmost part of the county. Okay. So it is only in the south. Napa Valley is Napa County. No, Napa County is bigger, but Napa Valley is a discrete area where the wine comes from. I'm going to post a map. I would highly recommend that you either look at that map or go to sonomawinegrape.org and go to the terroir area and look at the American viticultural areas so you can see what we're talking about. We're starting in the south with Sonoma Valley. So Sonoma Valley got its AVA in 1981, 14,000 acres, 4,267 hectares, 76 tasting rooms, 114 wineries. It's around the Sonoma Valley. It has five AVAs, including Sonoma Valley. Oh my, I can't believe how small it is relative to the county. Sonoma County encompasses everything. So when you get a wine that is just a general Sonoma wine, it will say Sonoma County, not Sonoma Valley. It will say Napa Valley. If it's the general Napa Valley, you won't usually see Napa County because those outlying areas don't usually grow grapes. It's maybe a dumb question. It looks like it's not contiguous. Well, it is. It has a number of parts. So it's a bunch of nested AVAs within it. And that's what's confusing. Okay, so, Carneros, so we have Carneros is Carneros. part of Sonoma Valley, Moon Mountain District. It Yep, Sonoma Mountain District, Bennett Valley. Those are all part of Sonoma Valley. Okay. It's a little confusing. Like I said, remember I told yep. you those zip codes nest in. Right. Sonoma Valley includes five AVAs, the Sonoma Valley AVA, Sonoma Mountain AVA, Moon Mountain, and Bennett Valley. We'll talk about those and Carneros. It's bordered by the Mayacamas Mountains in the east. The and Sonoma, on the other side of that is Napa Valley then, right? Over the Mayacamas right. Mountains is Napa Valley, correct. And then Sonoma Mountains are to the west. Sonoma Mountain is going to protect the area from that wet, cool influence of the Pacific Ocean, which can be pretty bad if you don't have anything blocking those winds. What happens in Sonoma Valley is it's kind of open in the north and in the south. So you get cool air from Los Carneros from the south, from the San Pablo Bay. And then the Santa Rosa Plain in the north is going to have some cooler air because of the Petaluma wind gap that is going to cool the valley. So the valley has some cooling influence from the north and the south because of that open-ended feel. There's a lot of soil variability, wide disparity. On the valley floor, fertile, loam, it's not that well-drained, and I think the wines are not great. And then you have mountain soils where you get some really interesting wines that are rocky and well-drained. Main grapes, Chardonnay, Pinot, Cabernet, Merlot. But there are dozens and dozens of grapes that grow here. If you want to explore Sonoma Valley, just so you know, I'm going to do it from like a kind of touristy thing. Stay in the town of Sonoma. This is in the southern portion. We'll hit Carneros last, but just real quick, there's Moon Mountain District. And by the way, Sonoma was always called the Valley of the Moon. That, it was? That's been oh, that's the name cool. historically. So the Moon Mountain District got its AVA in 2013. It's 
east of Highway 12. It's kind of inland. It's on a steep western slope of the Mayacamas. Mm-hmm. 1,500 acres, 607 hectares of vineyards. It's got some elevation. It's in the Mayacamas, so 400 to 2,200 feet, 122 to 670 meters. There are almost constant breezes from the San Pablo Bay. It's above the fog line. This is a big deal because when things are at altitude in Sonoma, they have to be above the fog line. If they are below the fog line, it's going to be too wet and too cool if the fog doesn't burn off. So if it's a place where the fog is going to burn off quickly, you're going to be okay. Otherwise, you're going to have problems ripening the grapes. It's going to be too cold. Moon Mountain has basalt and volcanic ash. A very famous vineyard called the Monteroso Vineyard, mm-hmm. which was owned by Louis M. Martini and is now owned partially by Gallo. And I don't know if Gallo owns it 100%, but the Zinfandel is very famous. There's Cabernet. That's actually the dominant thing on Moon Mountain. Even though really Monteroso was known for Zin, they went for the money play and planted cabs so they could make more money. Even the Zin is better, the Monteroso Zin. Hannah, Hansel, that's up there and really cool. I've been up there before. Very, very awesome. Sonoma Mountain, AVA 1985, small, 667 acres or 270 hectares. Mm -hmm. Goes up to 2,400 feet or 732 meters. It starts at the town of Glen Ellen, where there's a bunch of wineries, by the way, Mm -hmm. in the West. Steep vineyards. Eastern exposure, it's going to go above the fog line. So that's going to give grapes full opportunity to ripen. There's a lot of sunlight, warm days, but but altitudes, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you got the altitudes, you're going to have cool nights, which is really important because it can get pretty hot up on the mountainside. Volcanic-based soils, that makes for interesting wines, really well-drained. The Cabernet is really what Sonoma Mountain is known for, but... Because it's a mountain and because it's a volcanic mountain, you have a lot of folds and different slopes and microclimates. Mm -hmm. So you can do Sauvignon Blanc and you can do Semillon and you can even do Pinot in some of the cool areas and and some nice Zinfandels. So that's Sonoma Mountain. To me, besides Carneros, which we'll cover in a second, Bennett Valley is the most interesting place of the subregions. It's also one of the smallest. It is tiny. It's the Sonoma Valley smallest AVA, 650 to 700 acres or 263 to 283 hectares. Mm -hmm. It's between three peaks, Taylor Mountain in the west, Sonoma Mountain is in the south, and you have Bennett Peak in the east. There are about 36 vineyards. Most of them are 20 acres or less or eight hectares. And what this is is like a series of ridges and hills, and the plantings, again, are at elevation, 400 to 1,100 feet, 122 to 335 meters. You have Merlot, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Syrah is the winner of the day. My friend Kieran Robinson makes Syrah, and why did he pick Bennett? Because when you do it right, Syrah on Bennett Mountain tastes a lot like the stuff from the Northern Rhone. Also, Marsan, Roussan, Viognier can maintain acidity here. Even Pinot Noir acreage is increasing here because the acidity is so good. And you have these clay, volcanic soils, gravel, rocky soils, really well-drained. You have early morning fog in the summer, sunny afternoons, and then you get the wind in the afternoon. So you're going to have wind from both the San Pablo Bay in the south and Pacific wind. So it's going to make it Double cooler, wind. right, because of the breezes, but it's still sheltered by the mountain, so it won't get whipped with, mm-hmm. with really strong wind. 
Moderately cool climate means a longer hang time. Also, you have elevation. Now, Bennett Valley, again, because of the messed up way that things used to be, it overlaps part of Sonoma Mountain and the Sonoma Coast AVA. And of course, it's nested into the Sonoma Valley AVA. It's really messed up. There's only one winery you can visit in Bennett Valley. What? That's Matanzas Creek. It's mostly a growing area. Oh, okay. So you wouldn't go there. So you they're know, sourcing like, for other wineries? There's all those small plots all yeah. over Bennett Valley yeah, yeah. that people own. And yeah. they're either selling their grapes to you know people like Morlay or Carlisle or Kieran Robinson, right. or they own this stuff. Okay. But nobody has a winery. It's not like you're going to go be like, hey, let's go up to Bennett so Valley unless real, you want. I mean, these are real farmers then. It's growers. And then Matanzas Creek is owned by Kendall Jackson, I think. So, I mean, it's, a, it's an old historic property, but it's owned now by somebody else. Got it. Carneros. Los Carneros is named after the sheep that used to be here. Rincón de Carneros was given as a land grant to Mexican immigrants by Vallejo in the 1800s. Fertile lands, moderate climate, water from the Napa River is great for sheep, for cattle, orchard fruit, grapes. Then you had a bunch of immigrants come in in the 1840s. By 1846, you had the Bear Flag Revolt. And so for a month, California was its own country. Oh, for one month. One month before the U.S. annexed it. So the first winery was in the early 1870s named Winter Winery. It was created by a guy from Indiana, William Winter. The story of California is very straightforward. So things really were cooking. California looked great. You have phylloxera come, knock out a bunch of stuff because the rootstock was vitis vinifera rootstock. Prohibition pretty mm-hmm. much knocked out everybody. In 1935, the first prohibition, post-prohibition winery happened, though, in Carneros. It's where Bouchain Vineyards is today. And then in the 60s and 70s is when we see action again. Andre Chelichev, Louis M. Martini really started to look at Carneros. A lot of people said it was too cool hmm. to plant grapes here, but it got its... AVA in 1983, there's 22 wineries, 6,481 acres or 2,623 hectares. It straddles Napa and Sonoma counties. It's in both. Los Carneros is the first wine region in California that was classified by climate, not government lines. Huh. That's so it's actually the shared community. They if both we did take a Napa, for it. no, well, if we did a Napa thing, right, you could be in Napa County. Yeah. And be in Carneros, you could be on the Sonoma side, but really the characteristics are exactly the same. You're both in Carneros. And Mm. it's between one and four miles along San Pablo Bay. It's one of the coolest AVAs in the area. So you have the Mayacamas being pretty low. The elevations are about 400 feet or 120 meters in the foothills and then sea level near the bay. It's cool. It's windy. This is all about Bay Area, early morning fog, mm-hmm. persistent winds coming off the San Pablo Bay. The grapevines have a hard time retaining moisture, so you definitely need irrigation. It delays the ripeness, though, because you have all of this wind. The coolness is going to make it a long, long growing season, which is really great. Does it have an advantage over Sonoma Valley in that it's more inland? No, it's not that it's more inland. It's right on the San Pablo Bay, actually. So it has more coolness than Sonoma Valley. And the other thing is that it has some of the most consistent soils in all of Sonoma. So it is mostly clay. It's, It's a little challenging because it's compressed soil. So there's three feet or one meter of topsoil. And then 
there's this impenetrable, almost concrete clay. So the grapes can't force their way through. You cannot do deep roots here. And that sounds bad. As you get closer to the bay, the water table is too salty. Okay. There's too much salinity. So it does limit vigor. These don't sound like great growing conditions. It's very difficult to grow grapes well here, but you can have some really fantastic wines as a result of the struggle. It is hard, though, but you got to know what you're doing. So my friend, the Trouchards are here. They grow for themselves and mm-hmm. others. They've been on the podcast if you want to go back and listen to that. But it is cool enough here for grapes for sparkling wine. They don't have to get fully ripe. Chardonnay is 50% of what grows in Carneros. Pinot is 43%. They make some great Merlot on that clay soil. They make great Syrah, Pinot Gris, Roussan, Marsan, a ton of other stuff. So that's Carneros. I hope this makes sense. So we are in the South, and a lot of people like to go to Carneros because it's so close to San Francisco. If you're going to go to Carneros, there's only 22 wineries. I will tell you, not all of them are great. I sometimes struggle. That's like a day and a half. I I struggle (laughs) with giving people great things. I mean, you can go to the Champagne Houses. Some of them Mm -hmm. are French. There's a few really good wineries there. Hmm. Trouchard is my favorite because I love Anthony. As we move on, we go from one cool area to the other. This is kind of why I wanted to do Carneros last. Carneros is in the south, so that would be the first thing that you'd hit. I'm just thinking a lot of people say, I'm going to be in San Francisco. Where can I go? Carneros would be your best bet. Okay. You could go to Sonoma Valley also. It's a little bit farther. Petaluma? Petaluma is also an option, and we're going to talk about that within this. Now I'm going to talk about the coastal Appalachians. We're going to move along the coast. And when I say the coast, I mean right along the Pacific coast where there are grapes growing. We're going to start out with the most controversial and hated AVA in all of Sonoma. What? The Sonoma Coast AVA. Why is there so much disdain for it? Well, it was created in 1987, and here's the deal. It goes from San Pablo Bay to the border of Mendocino County. It can be anything from windswept and freezing and at elevation or internal with zero Pacific influence. Huge long strip all the way up. Entire different areas. It is very strange. You have top Pinot Noir and Chardonnay grown here, and there are very few wineries, but some areas have heavy rains more than twice the annual rainfall of the inland neighbors. Those places are really challenging. It's hard to grow grapes. Those vineyards have to be above the fog line. But then you have inland vineyards that have really very little to do with the hard conditions that these others are facing. So the one thing that people expect when they hear Sonoma Coast is, oh my gosh, you know, that daily influence from the Pacific Stuff has to be above the fog line Mm -hmm. so that it can really ripen. No, it's just not true. Look, it overlaps Russian River Valley. It overlaps Carneros. The heart is the Freestone area, the sheltered valley with hillside vineyards above the fog line. But over these 4,700 acres or 1,900 hectares, you have something that doesn't make sense. Coast is in the name. It is 500,000 acres or 202,000 hectares. And part of the AVA sits really far inland outside of the marine influence. Well, and the variation. Those definitions are, are pertinent for obviously some of it, but you're well, saying the majority of it doesn't fit 
the stereotype. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, why seems, is why did this happen? Well, clearly there was some politician that owns some Correct. vineyard or land right. up there and wanted to increase its value. So I'll tell you exactly who it was. We will take a step away from the podcast to tell you about what I talked about at the beginning of the show, which is my new wine club with Wine Access. You can find that at wineaccess.com slash wine dash four dash normal dash people. Each bottle is hand selected by me and the Wine Access team. It is a quarterly six bottle shipment. It's $174 plus tax shippings included. You get as a club member 10% off all other wine access purchases. Every shipment is going to include the stories behind the bottles, wine facts, and tasting videos. I love wine access. And the best thing about this club is that I get to give you the bottles that I'm drinking. We have an opportunity to source some things that are very difficult to get. The wine access team is working with me to do that. Wineaccess.com slash wine dash four dash normal dash people. That is how you will get to the club. Page. There are a limited number of slots, but if you go on today, you'll be able to get in on this awesome offer. This is a really great opportunity for us to connect, and I would love to hear your opinions and ideas. I hope that you'll join and I hope that you'll tell us what you think. And I'm very, very excited to be working with Wine Access. So please join today. Go to wineaccess.com slash normal, check out the page, and then check out the club. Get in on this club before it sells out. And don't forget, if you are not a patron, join Patreon today. We have some really fun live events going on. Lots of opportunities to partake in community events and classes, either online or live. And we're very excited for what I have coming up this year and to do more and more stuff with Patreon. That's really where I spend most of my time. You don't see me on social media a lot because that is where I am. Tons of content, years and years of blog posts. We're having fun discussions all the time each week on Patreon. A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash wine for normal people. If you think the podcast is worth one bottle of wine per year, please think about joining today. And new classes are up. Wineforormalpeople.com forward slash classes. If you want to take a class, it's like a live podcast, but it's with a community of super fun people. You get to taste the wines with me and you can stop me anytime to ask questions. If you are interested in dorking out, check it out today. Wineforormalpeople.com slash classes. Now let's get back to this awesome show on Sonoma. So the Sonoma Coast right. ABA, it was created by Bryce Coutrere. Jones. As in Sonoma Couture? He is the man behind Sonoma Couture, the big Chardonnay brand. He wanted to get his thousand acres or 405 hectares into the AVA, petitioned to do it. And the fact is that when people read Sonoma Coast, they think that the wine grew near the ocean. But there are vineyards that are just a few miles away from Napa County. Does that mean, because there's there's too much diversity here, does that mean I just need to stay away from Sonoma Coast because I don't know what I'm getting? I mean, or there's... I think I, I you would need to, to be careful about the producer, but there are three separate AVAs that have been carved out, and this is what I think is the future of Sonoma Coast, but it's getting better. Incidentally, if you did want to stay near the Sonoma Coast, the towns of Jenner and Bodega Bay are the places that you would go and you'd eat your Dungeness crab there. Ooh, yum. Petaluma Gap. Let's talk about that first. So this is the AVA in 2017, and 
Two people that I know and respect a lot, Tom Wark and Anna Keller, both have been on the show. They petitioned to get this particular AVA made. Petaluma, there's a very cute town. So if you wanted to explore this area, you'd stay in Petaluma. 25 miles or 40 kilometers north of the Golden Gate Bridge. It goes from the Pacific coast at Bodega Bay. Then it goes southeast to the San Pablo Bay. This is the Petaluma Gap AVA in northern Marin County and southern Sonoma County. And the vineyards are not everywhere. There's livestock and orchards and things like that. that. Mild Mediterranean climate, warm, dry summers, cool, wet winters. The Inland Valley air is going to heat up. It pulls in cool air from the coast into this gap in the coastal mountain range. The gap is about 15 miles long or 24 kilometers long. Mm -hmm. This is the Estero Lowlands. It's a series of low hills that form this corridor. And the corridor is pulling in this marine air into the region. You get morning fog, sun in the midday, and the mid-afternoon, and then cool breezes in the afternoon off the Pacific, and cool nights usually with the fog. The wind tunnel is very strong. There's a 40 to 50 degree diurnal swing here. It's just an enormous temperature swing. Because between the fog and the breezes, right. it's really making things cool here. And it's an obvious gap. I remember, I remember last you time we it. were out there together, it was you a absolutely long time can see ago. It. Yes. You were like, see that big gap between the mountains? That's the Petaluma Gap right You can there. see it. Yeah. Yes, you can see it. You get later ripening, so you're going to get great flavor and acidity. This area is Pinot Town, 75% Pinot Noir. Then there's a 25% split between Chardonnay and Syrah. I have to tell you, Anna Keller's roti wine, which is Syrah, Mm -hmm. with a bit, I think there's a little bit of Viognier in there. Oh my gosh. It's one of the best Syrahs in California by far. Oh, it's delicious. Well, how's the Pinot out here? It's delicious. It really is good. Great acidity. The Chardonnay, especially when they don't do a lot of oak, really, really lively. Great acidity. And they've had vines here since the early 1860s. You had lots of old world vines. Right now, there's 4,000 acres or 1,616 hectares, just nine wineries. Not a whole lot here. Yeah. And I would say Keller is the marquee. There's a lot of people that source from the Petaluma Gap, and you're seeing it more and more on Mm. bottles. Important. If you have a choice between Sonoma Coast and Petaluma Gap, pick Petaluma Gap. And then there's the new AVA that was created last year, the West Sonoma Coast AVA. Here, here to the West Sonoma Coast. The southern border of the Western Sonoma Coast is the northern coastal border of the Petaluma Gap. So the Petaluma Gap is in the south. And the western Sonoma coast is in the north, goes from the Mendo border. It includes Fort Ross Seaview, which is another AVA we'll get to. It includes only areas where coastal influence reaches. It's based off of the plant life. So they drew the line where all of a sudden things start to change. It bumps against the Russian River Valley AVA, which was a little bit of a thorn in their side because they felt that part of the Russian River Valley AVA should be part of the West Sonoma Coast AVA. It's remote. Land is expensive. It's going to stay small. It is very elite. This is the westernmost part of Sonoma County. How it's many wineries are we cooler, talking about? I mean, this is really 23. They're not there. You have Hirsch and Flowers and, yeah. and Red oh, Car yeah, and Freeman. Yeah, yeah. yeah these are... These wineries are within the AVA, but got a lot of people sourcing from here. The top Pinot Noir and Chardonnay from 
Sonoma are coming from this area. Hmm. You have elevation 400 to 1800 feet, 122 to 549 meters. And the vineyards are on steep ridges along the San Andreas Fault up against the cold Pacific Ocean. They're either above and some are below the fog line. And they're okay with that because they want these really long hang times. You have a bunch of wineries in the 1,000 acres, 416 hectares. That is where top Chardonnays and Pinot Noir from Sonoma really are from, the Hmm. West Sonoma Coast AVA. Good on them for getting that passed finally in 2022. The map needs to be updated. It's not there. The other thing, Fort Ross, Seaview, American Viticultural Area, AVA 2012. The first grapes that were planted in Napa and Sonoma counties were planted at Fort Ross in 1817. Major coastal influence, high elevation. Of course, you got to be above the fog line. It's about 80 miles northwest or 129 kilometers northwest of San Francisco. It is cool. 555 acres, 225 hectares. It is remote. It goes up to 1,800 feet or 550 meters. Mm -hmm. Pinot, Chardonnay, not very many wineries. So if we are thinking about the coast or cool climate areas, really cool climate areas in Sonoma, These places are on the coast. It can be really cold. You definitely need a jacket if Mm -hmm. you're going to be up there. Even above the fog line, it can get warm, but the breezes whip around. It's cold. So you have Carneros in the south, which is a little bit warmer and more sheltered. If we loop around, you're going up in Sonoma coast, but the things to look out for are the Petaluma Wind Gap, Fort Ross Sea View, and now West Sonoma coast. Those are the big AVAs that are going to give you cool climate stuff. The other is Russian River. Now, Russian River is inland, but like I said, there's some parts of it that overlap parts of the West Sonoma Coast AVA. Russian River, like- Because for a while, it sort of runs east-west, right? It cuts across the Sonoma Coast, right? Russian River, it's 55 miles or about 90 kilometers north of San Francisco. It is known for Pinot Noir. Now, interestingly, they used to tout that they were Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And now if you go on their website, all they talk about is Pinot and their history of Pinot, and they've all but erased their Chardonnay. Very interesting Why that they've gone for is? money. Really? <laughs> Why else would you do it? Well, I guess. I... And also their Chardonnay is not as good as some of their Pinots. That's my opinion, of course. Well, that's core of what I was getting at, is whether the, the quality of the Chardonnay was just that low that they needed to replace it. I'm not a fan. Okay. I don't love Russian River Pinot either, but there are some really good examples of it. Okay. And, what and, do you like from Russian River? Um. Well, actually, we'll get to that. Okay. There are parts of Russian River Valley that are right near the Pacific Ocean. Those are their cool climate areas. Mm-hmm. Those are their really cool climate areas. And that's what they stake their whole reputation of their AVA on. Russian River has a super long history. They've been farming since 1876. The Santa Rosa Wine Company, Martini and Prati Winery in 1880. Corbel Champagne Cellars. Oh, really? 1882. Actually, you know what? Corbel, I wouldn't recommend going and tasting. But where it is, the location of Corbel, it's in this really remote part of Sonoma in the woods. It's yeah, kind of neat. Yes, I do remember Yeah, that. it's yes. really, really neat. 
Fapiano was 1896, mm-hmm. and then you had Joseph Swan and Joe Rocchioli. I mean, these are real piano guys. 13,896 acres, 5,600 hectares, 94 wineries, but it spans a lot of ground. So you have in Russian River a constant cooling fog from the Pacific. It's coming through the Petaluma Gap. The fog comes in at night. It's going to drop the temperature 30 five to 40 degrees, 20 degrees Celsius in the evening. So it's this air conditioning, as they call it, natural air conditioning. And that's going to allow for a longer growing season. But the question is, where are you in the Russian River Valley? And instead of going for sub-AVAs, they now call these areas, or maybe they've always called them that, but they've definitely publicized them more, these regions called neighborhoods. Five neighborhoods in the Russian River Valley. Okay. One of the things that they boast about when you talk to people from the Russian River Valley is that they have more soil types than France. I do remember that. Yes. They love saying that. Yes, they do. I think this is a horrible thing for them to say. Why? (laughs) Because why are certain areas of France so good? Relative consistency of soil type. Mm. It's easy to figure out Mm -hmm. what you're going to get out of Chablis or Champagne, or Gevry Chambertin in Burgundy, or Hermitage, or you know what I mean? So so to say that you have more soil types, that's not an asset, I don't think. Not an advantage. You know, unless, I mean, maybe for some. For me, because I like to know what I'm getting, Right. it's tough. Okay, so the five subregions of Russian River, you have Middle Reach. Middle Reach is right near southern Healdsburg and the Dry Creek Valley, and it's close to the Russian River. This is some of the older grapevines of the Appalachian, Crux, Cartograph, Gary Farrell, Joe Rocchioli, McRosty, Ramey, Pinot Sauvignon Blanc, Rhone varieties, Chardonnay, Zinfandel. It can be pretty warm here. Italian varieties. Middle Reach has some Pinot and some really warm stuff. What do I like from Russian River? I like the Rhone varietals and the Italian varietals, which is weird because they specialize in Pinot. You have Santa Rosa Plains. Santa Rosa is a big town right near the Russian River, a part of the Russian River. So you'll either stay in Healdsburg if you want to stay in the northern part or Santa Rosa if you're in the southern part. The Santa Rosa Plains are closer to Santa Rosa. They're on the east side of the Laguna de Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa Plains actually has the valley's oldest plantings of Zinn. Inman family, Kathleen Inman's been on the show before. Rodney Strong, Martinelli, those are some of the older wineries there. Then you have Laguna Ridge, which is south of the Russian River near Forestville. Joseph Swan was the first to plant Pinot there. There's Joseph Swan clones, which are or the Swan clones of Pinot. So obviously very esteemed. Linmar is there. Sebastopol Hills, coolest subregion of the Russian River. So this is around the, the southern area around Sebastopol. Gold Ridge soils, which I'll talk about in a second when we talk about Green mm-hmm. Valley of the Russian River Valley. Big Fruit. Kanzler, Census Winery. So there's a bunch there. And then in the eastern hills is the western edge of the Mayakamas. And that is the northernmost neighborhood. Very little fog there. Soils are all over the place. Some are volcanic, some are sedimentary. Western facing vineyards along the the hills, warm temperatures. So the grapes are going to ripen earlier. It's not really delimited. 
if you look at a map of the Russian River and the neighborhoods, they're obviously not delimited. There's no laws. It's just sort of like, this is a vague area of where this is and this is here and blah, blah, blah. So there are like many unofficial AVAs? Yeah, five. Okay. They're starting to talk about them more because that would justify why some places do really great Zinfandel Ah, or Rhone varietals. And they're within the Russian River Valley. I think it's the climate has changed. It's warmer. And there's some really great stuff coming out of Russian River. It's just that it's not out of the Pinot areas. So Hmm. it was always really challenging for people who were in warmer areas, the Russian River, to market their stuff. Because it was like, what do you mean you do Italian or Rhone? If you want to explore Russian River Valley, you're going to stay in Santa Rosa, Healdsburg, or the town of Windsor. So that's my tourist tip for you. And if you go to Santa Rosa, you'll see Charlie Brown all over the place. All over the darn place. And go to Starks and get the fish, not the steak. Oh, my God. Delicious. That that was unbelievable. Within the Russian River, there's an AVA called Green Valley of Russian River Valley. And this is the southwestern part of the Russian River Valley. Surrounded by part of the Russian River Valley? Yes. This is a sub of it's it's nested. One of those nested ones. Okay. This is near Occidental, near Sebastopol, mm-hmm. Forestville, mostly coastal area. Okay. In the 1970s, the Duttons and Iron Horse in 1976. I think it was the first American sparkling wine to be served in the White, White House. House. And it's become a tradition, right? Still in sparkling wines, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Now more Syrah and Zinfandel. It's cool here. This is one of the smallest AVAs in Sonoma. It's very consistent. It's beautiful there. It's cold, though. Yes. So you have the Petaluma Wind Gap and Green Valley's close to it. It is the coolest, foggiest part of the Russian River. It stays cool all day. It's warm enough to ripen grapes, but probably just. 60% is this stuff called Gold Ridge Soil. Which reminds me of Goldbug from Cars and Trucks and Things That Go by Richard oh, Scarry. Right. And that's all I want to say. Fine. Children's book. Sorry. You need to put Goldbug in the thumbnail for the podcast. Episode. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you have people it find it. Exactly. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. We'll do it. Okay. Let's we'll try. figure it out. Gold Ridge soil. Fine, sandy, yellow soils, sandstone. There used to be an ancient sea here. Not that surprising. We're right near the Pacific Ocean. It receded and what it left was sand. Good drainage, low fertility. There's also streams and rivers here. So you have some rocky alluvial soil too. There's some other types with clay and that's good for water retention. Like of the Russian River? There's a bunch of smaller streams around. 3,600 acres or 1,457 hectares, 100 growers, Chardonnay, Pinot. When they don't over oak it. That's a big thing. It's getting better. They're doing better now, right? They're doing better. But a few years ago, it was like you could tell that there was like minerality and great acidity Mm -hmm. and it was all covered by oak. oak, Yes. The Chardonnay has the ability to be like tangerines and limes. So nice ripe citrus, but some minerality. But they really put a lot of oak on it. They used to at least. And then the Pinot is more like cranberry and red cherry than some of that heavier stuff that you'll find in other parts of the Russian River. And it's floral. The tannins are very soft. Again, sometimes they go overboard with the oak, and it covers up all of the greatest parts of this wine. Nine wineries in Green Valley. So you have Marimar and Orogeny, Reuben Family, Iron Horse, Hartford Family, which is owned by Kendall Jackson, Emeritus, Dutton, Estate and Dutton Goldfield, which are two separate estates, Deloche. So that's that. 
There's another small AVA, Chalk Hill, which a lot of people know because there's a brand called Chalk Hill. Hmm. It's in the northeast part of the Russian River Valley. It's a little bit warmer, and it's got some breezes, but not so much fog. Rocky, chalk-like soils, which is where it gets its name. So you have Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and then Cabernet and Cabernet Franc. These things don't normally grow together, 1,491 acres or 603 hectares, only five wineries there. Five wineries, that's it? A lot of people source from there. We'll get to the Dry Creek. This is the other big valley. So we've gone, just to recap, Sonoma Valley and its AVAs, Sonoma Coast, and the important breakup that's going on. And then the big valleys, Russian River, Dry Creek is the next one. Dry Creek, AVA in 1983. It is the Easiest valley to so visit continuing by northwest. far. Yes, we're going northwest. Easiest to understand, known for exceptional Zinfandel. Northern Sonoma County, 70 miles, 113 kilometers north of San Francisco, 20 miles from the Pacific Ocean, or 32 kilometers. It's a small AVA, 16 miles by two miles wide, or 26 kilometers by three kilometers. Two roads, five stop signs. Okay, that's it. It's easy, easy to figure out. Lots of multi-generational families, 140 years of wine growing. Wow. Jay Pedroncelli, which is still there. Fry Brothers, which is Gallo Brothers brought and then made it a commercial brand. 8,055 acres, 3,250 hectares, 150 growers, and 63 wineries. This is visitor's paradise. Easiest place. If I could tell you Why? one place to go, it so it's easy. all in because there's five stop signs and two roads and everything is along those five stop signs and two roads. It's an enclosed valley bordered by stay? Lake Sonoma. You stay in Healdsburg. Okay. It's right next to Healdsburg. Lake Sonoma in the north. You have Dry Creek and the Russian River in the south. Mostly continental. The coastal range is going to block a lot of the marine influence. Mm -hmm. So you have these long, hot days cooler in the evening. Although when I was there harvesting at Nall, it was 116 degrees and it didn't oh, go down geez. that much in this, but that was an unusual that was an year. unusual week, yes. though, too. Yes. Hillside, Benchland, Valley Floor, different elevation. The valley was created by uplift. It was kind of like a souffle. So it went up right. and then dropped down and mm -hmm. you have the mountains on either side you, along earthquake faults. The soil is very well-drained. Some of it is fertile, but then you have Benchland, which is really the better soil types with gravelly clay and loam, and it's well-drained. It's going to stress the vineyards. Zinfandel is their signature grape, 30% of planting. So what's the style of Zinfandel from there? It ranges depending on producer, but the old school folks like Nall and Peterson and Ridge are going to do a restrained style, which is more like raspberry. Mm. It's going to be lower in alcohol, so less than 14% alcohol mm -hmm. is usually the goal. And they're going to pick earlier, and it's going to have these very unique Zinfandel flavors. I think if everybody tried a null Zinfandel, then Zin might be like the most popular <laughs> red grape. It's not what people think. It's been over-extracted. Yeah. It's really huge. But the other thing is Unti which is on the valley oh, floor, yeah. makes fantastic yeah. Rhone varietals, some Italian varietals. Mm -hmm. Amphora is very good. Ridge, Lytton Springs mm -hmm. is there. Amazing. Dry Creek wineries. Do Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, but really Italian, Rhone, and Zinfandel. They do some Bordeaux varietals. The thing about Dry Creek, very old vines. There's a lot of old vine Zinfandel because after Phylloxera, 
some people replanted on this rootstock called St. George rootstock, and it was phylloxera resistant, and it made the Zinfandel just continue to grow and thrive. Those vines are over 100 years old. Yes. The other place, if you're going to stay there, you could stay in Healdsburg or Windsor, which is a lot less money, by the way. Rock Pile. It's Dry Creek adjacent. It overlaps, actually, some parts of the Dry Creek. 192 acres, 78 hectares. It is the northern part of Dry Creek. So it's west of Lake Sonoma, goes to the Mendo County, Mendocino County border. It's got elevation, 1,900 feet, 579 meters. This is amazing Zinfandel. Super powerful, some of the best Zinfandel. Brulium, Kareth mm. makes some. From Rockpile. Rockpile Zin is famous because it's so delicious. Really intense Zinfandel. They are not 13.5% alcohol, but they have lots of delicious flavor. The last huge valley that we're going to hit is Alexander Valley. Alexander Valley is in northeastern Sonoma County, 75 miles or 121 kilometers north of San Francisco, so about an hour and a half north. You know what really is confusing for me? I get the Russian River Valley and Alexander Valley is confused, partly because the Russian River flows through both. I mean, doesn't it go right through the middle of Alexander Valley? Yes, it does. But Alexander Valley... Are you going to help me differentiate these? Well, Russian River is cooler climate. Russian River is also around Healdsburg and Santa Rosa. Alexander Valley is quite remote. It goes about 25 miles or 40 kilometers north to south. Yes, the Russian River flows through it. 43 wineries, but it's known for Cabernet as opposed to Russian River, which is known for Pinot. Hmm. You do have some marine air coming in from the Pacific. The wind can move north to south or south to north. They have heat spikes. We're not on the coast anymore. You have some air movement, airflow from the Russian River if you happen to be near there. But it's about 15,000 acres or 6,000 hectares, 82 growers. Actually, they used to grow prunes here. That was the big crop. Really? Yes. Does the cab taste like prunes? No, but prunes were a huge crop until Robert Young, there's Robert Young Winery. They actually participated in our first underground wine event. He said, you know what, we're going to do raisins instead. Right. They planted Cabernet in the Alexander Valley. Rodney Strong also planted in a small hill in Alexander Valley. Today, the Cabernet in Alexander Valley is really coveted. A lot of prestigious Napa wineries grow Cabernet in the Alexander Valley for top cuvées. The Alexander Valley, in my opinion, a lot of times will beat a Napa cab. Really? Oh, yeah. How's the style different? How's well, it- it's a little cooler, right? Yeah. You've got Because you have some of this marine influence and you have some of this coolness. So you do have a bit more acidity in some of these mm. grapes, but they still are super ripe. Hmm. They can be very, very delicious. That's Alexander Valley. And then we have a couple of adjacent valleys. Pine Mountain Cloverdale Peak that got his AVA in 2011. It overlaps the northern portions of Alexander Valley. It's only about 230 acres. There's actually 150 acres under development, 93 hectares with 61 hectares under development. It's steep, high elevations, really tiny vineyards. Knights Valley, Kendall Jackson owns most of Knights Valley, frankly, in northern Sonoma. So it's going to link the Russian River Valley with the northern areas of Napa. And we are abutting Mount St. Helena. Mount St. Helena is a mountain now, but it's an ancient volcano. The only access to Knights Valley is through these really winding sections of 128, Highway 128. Cool. Rugged, hard to drive, a little scary, frankly. 
good soils, it's warm, but there is no Pacific or San Pablo Bay influence. Elevation is the only factor that's going to cool things down here. Cab, other Bordeaux varietals, it's known for very ripe chocolate notes, full-bodied. Cab is two-thirds of plantings, 2,400, 2,500 acres or a thousand hectares. Only two wineries, Peter Michael, which is very famous, and Knightsbridge. But again, Kendall Jackson owns a lot of Knights Valley. It's a little bit more of a grower's place. There's two more AVAs, Northern Sonoma. It is way too big to matter. It includes Chalk Hill, Knights Valley, Alexander Valley, Dry Creek Valley, Russian River Valley, and most of Green Valley. Jeez, okay. It is meaningless. It is. And most people just put Sonoma County instead of Northern Sonoma. Got it. The final one is also another grower's area, Fountain Grove, Mm -hmm. AVA, Mm -hmm. 600 acres, 243 hectares planted, tiny, tiny plots, almost all family owned, some maritime influence from the Petaluma Gap, Hillside Vineyards, Cab, Bordeaux varietals, some Rhone, little bit of everything there. So that is all of Sonoma. So can I just sum up the areas on the grapes? Please. Carneros is sparkling Pinot and Chardonnay with really great Merlot and other varietals that people don't know about. That's going to be within the Sonoma Valley. The other place in Sonoma Valley that I find interesting is Bennett Valley, but there aren't a lot of wineries there. You want to look for Rhone varietals from the Bennett Valley. Okay. Sonoma Coast, all about Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and increasingly cool climate Syrah. If you can find things from the Petaluma Gap, mm-hmm. from the West Sonoma, AVA, from Fort Ross Seaview, do it. And that is cooler climate. You right. have Russian River, which abuts that. Green Valley is great for sparkling, for Chardonnay, for Pinot. And Russian River, I would check out not just the Pinot that they tout so strongly, but some of the very interesting grapes that grow within there. So some of the Rhone varietals, some of the Italian varietals, Zinfandel Hmm. in those warmer areas. I think that's actually the future for Russian River. And then we go to Dry Creek, Zinfandel, Zinfandel, Zinfandel. Go see my friend April Nall, my friend Fred Peterson. And then we go to Alexander Valley, which is really the last big valley that somebody might want to visit and it's all about Cabernet there. Yep. There's interesting places everywhere else, but that's the summary of Sonoma and the towns that you're going to stay in. You're going to stay in Petaluma. If you want to explore the South and the coast or Bodega Bay, if you really want to go coastal or Jenner, it's Healdsburg, it's Windsor, it's Sonoma and it's Santa Santa Rosa. Rosa. So that is the encapsulation. I know it was a long summary, but I'm hoping that it groups together Sonoma to make it a little more digestible. I think you did a great job. And I will suggest that listeners pull up the map while they're listening to this. It does make a huge difference. It's helped me a lot. It's hard to visualize because it's, it's not like it's Napa. So you don't need a map. You know, we have to do a Napa overview also. Napa, I could tell you one area after the other after the other, and it's very easy to visualize because it's just a valley that goes north to south, and it's skinny. It's sort of linear. This is so layered. There's a lot there, and there's a lot of different grapes and lots of different specialties. Anyway, I love Sonoma. I go there almost every year. Most of my friends in the U.S. wine industry are there. There's a reason for that. Super down-to-earth people. It's getting harder for them because lots of people from Silicon Valley are buying up vineyards. Yep. But 
The families that are there are really genuine people, such nice people, real people. This is the best part of the wine industry, frankly, is these small families. Now Sonoma family. Wine Guy is going to get a big head if you keep talking like this. Again, he's working in Napa, so he can take on his mantle of Napa Wine know. Guy. After hearing this, he's going to quit that job. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? You guys can set up some sort of special fun thing to do together. Yeah, we're going in and out. And with that, this has been another episode of Wine for Normal People. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.